Glad you're here this morning and glad we get to hang out together and uh, celebrate and all that sort of thing. So, years and years and years ago, I've told this story before, I'm going to start it off this way again today. Uh, when I was a, a, a junior in high school, my dad challenged me. Uh, my dad is 24 years older than me, and the reason I know that is he was 24 years old when I was born. It's math. I, I can do that part. All right, so um, he challenged me because I was a lazy kid. Don't know if you were. I was. He said, son, if you can outrun me for three miles, uh, I'll give you $100 toward your Myrtle Beach trip. Man, I smoked that old man. See, Melanie, I did. You, you probably don't even remember it. But anyway, I smoked him. We ran up by Piedmont Technical College and came back to the house, and I was in front of him when we finished, so I smoked him. It was all there. And, uh, and he gave me the $100. I, I, I've often wondered whether he would have given me the $100 anyway. But anyhow. That started me running. I started running. I, I mean, I would go out and just run because jogging was becoming a thing, you know. It was kind of, this was back in the, in the mid, sort of late 70s and, and, and fitness and, and exercise, and it was becoming a thing. I don't, and I've told y'all before, I don't think my grandfather ever had a pair of running shoes. I don't think they existed back then, you know. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, but, but I started running, and so I got to college, and friends of mine, we're going running. Okay, we'll go running. And so, so I started running. And then in, 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 in all three colleges that I went to, I ran. And then I got to seminary, and there was a <coughs> there was a class called Physical Fitness and the Minister. And it encouraged us to exercise. And this is what they said, all right? So uh, don't know. Anyway, I'm going to say it and, and be offended if you have to, but I didn't come up with it. He said that your success in ministry will decrease proportionately to the number of pounds you are overweight. That's what they said to me in our class, right? So what they were saying was, is that you need to keep yourself fit. Now, uh, part of that goes back to the biblical foundation of that. This, this, God has entrusted this body to me for, what, 60, 70, 80, 100 years? Who knows? But he expects me to take care of it. I went to the dentist for uh, Thursday. When was it? Thursday morning. Dentist, Thursday morning. Uh, they told me, they said, your teeth are really clean. I was like, thank you. They make brushes for that. <laughs> she said, what are your flossing habits? I said, well, I floss occasionally. You know, not the joke where I say, well, you should know you did it last time. I didn't say that because I do floss every now and then, you know. But anyway, so all that aside, you know, my uncle said to me when I was a little kid, he said, Bobby, you need to take care of your teeth. They got to last a lifetime. Then they come up with fake ones, and I got about five that are fake, you know, right? But the running thing really became a deal for me. I began to run, and I ran. I've been running for 40 years now. I've been running 50 years, actually, more than that. Anyway, I've been running a long time, 40, 40-something years. And um, there's a reason, okay? I've always said the joke, all right, as a pastor, there are three things that I really don't want to be. I don't want to be short, but guess what? I can't do anything about that. I don't want to be bald-headed, but I can't do anything about that either. I don't want to be fat. Hey, found one I can do something about. So I run so I can eat. That's really why I run. I run so I can eat. And so, so that was sort of the whole motivation for it. I like the outcome. I like what it produces. I like that if I do these things, 
things, there is a, an acceptable and even, even a beneficial outcome to the exercise and the endurance and the work and, and all of that stuff that comes with running. And so that's, that's one of the reasons I've done it. And so, so uh, last week I shared with you that, that, that 2021, this is, this is, we're going to start out this year with the whole concept of relationship. And I was sharing with you from John chapter 8 where Jesus says this very specifically. He says, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. I love the emphasis that you really are my disciples, if you continue in my word. Now, we know from John 1, the word became flesh and, and, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as of, you know, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. And so, when Jesus is saying, if you continue in my word, if you continue in me, is what Jesus is saying, you really are my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you know the times in my life when I've quit running? I've gained weight. See, after that marathon in 2017, I, I had to lay off because I had lots of injuries at the end of that year. And so I quit running for a year. <gasps> I gained weight. I've started running again, but I've adapted to my age now. Okay, I, I run a little, I walk a little. I run a little, I walk a little. But, but guess what? The, the outcome's still the same. It produces something in me to exercise that way. Now, I know you're sitting here going, well, what are you talking about? All right, here you go. In Acts chapter 2, this is the, the, I will connect, all right? Relationship 2021. The first relationship is to continue steadfastly in Jesus. Continue in the Word. Continue in the teaching, the revelation that God has given us, all right? So in Acts chapter 2, verses four, verse 41 and 42, it says this, So those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. They devoted themselves. Now, if you read from a different translation, you'll see the same word from last week. They continued steadfastly to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So those who accepted his message. So what was his message? What was it that, that Peter was sharing that day? You can go back and read it, but, but it's not all there. Did y'all know that's just a synopsis of his message? There's a place right before this back in Acts chapter, uh, uh, still, still in Acts 2. I don't know why I'm on that page right there. I need to get over here. Okay. So on, in Acts chapter 2 it says, And with many more words uh, he spoke to them, Right? Those who accept his name. He said, many other words he testified and strongly urged them, saying, be saved from this corrupt generation. That's verse 40. I didn't give it to you for the screen. But here you go. What's the message that Peter is preaching? What is this apostle's teaching that they continued steadfastly in, that they devoted themselves to, that they abided in? What is this message the apostle's teaching? Well, first of all, what did the apostle... I listened to a preacher this week, and, and as I was walking running and he was preaching and and he said something that I went that's not true <gasps> right he said he said what did they teach they taught the bible mm. so Peter was preaching from this not quite they were teaching they were admonishing truly the word of God 
the, the revelation of God through the ages. Now, at that time, they had it in scrolls. So what was they were teaching? They were teaching the principles of God's presence. They were teaching the principles of God's promise. What was God's promise to the nation of Israel? I will be their God. They will be my people. I will be in their midst. That's the principle of God's presence. God said he would be with them. Right? Now, you can trace it and go through the Leviticus and the Deuteronomy and the Joshua and all that stuff. Second thing that they taught, right? The second thing they taught. Now, when I say they taught the principles of God's uh, promises, God's promise was that he would be with them. God's presence with them. Uh, They also taught the praise, all right? Sounds like, anyway, they taught the praise of God's provision and presence, Praise. Look at the Psalms. Man, it's praise, 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 praise. You know, it, it, it's David singing. It's psalmist singing. It, it's all these people just offering up praise to God. And so, so the apostles taught God's people in the New Testament the promises of God's presence, right? The, the, the principles that God would be their people, the praise of God's provision, and that he would be with them always. And finally, the prophecy of God's fulfillment. God in Genesis 3 promised the Messiah. That's what they taught. And these guys, these apostles, knew him intimately. Peter, obviously, uh, was there from the, the, the days of Jesus' ministry beginning. And so, so what was it that when Peter was teaching, he was teaching Jesus. He was teaching Jesus' words. He was teaching the ministry of Jesus. Jesus went about the land teaching the kingdom of God, the gospel of God. See, that's what the apostles were teaching. And that's what the people devoted themselves to were the teachings of Jesus. And you know what that is? That's discipleship. That's leading others. Jesus discipled 12, Right? One of them didn't make it, right? Those 12 went out and discipled more. Can I just go ahead and tell you guys, you guys are the product of a discipleship program. Because what Jesus did spread, and then it spread, and now it's spread, right? And so here we are today, the body of Christ, the congregation of believers, the fellowship of the saints, the gathering of God's people come together. And what is it that God wants from us? He wants us to continue steadfastly in the apostles' teaching. We continue studying the the principles of God's promises and presence, the the praise of God's provision, the the prophecy of God's fulfillment. That's the apostles' teaching, and, and that all culminates in Jesus. We still teach Jesus. We continue steadfastly in. We are devoted to the teaching of Jesus. The Old Testament reveals Jesus. The New Testament reveals Jesus. See what I mean? That's what we see. Second thing that they were devoted to. They were devoted to the fellowship. The fellowship. Now, it's interesting. This is a great word. Okay? Um, the fellowship. When you hear that word, what do you think? If you say fried chicken, I'm going to throw something from up here. I mean, I know, you know, Baptist roots and everything. What, what, what is the fellowship? Oh, it's fried chicken, right? That, that, that. <laughs> it's not the fellowship. Now, fellowship, uh, properly defined from the New Testament, is that koinonia. It's that, that sharing of life together. But this word koinonia in this context has a direct article. The fellowship. What is the fellowship? 
The fellowship is that practice, regular practice, not just, you know, I saw you at the, at the McDonald's today and we shared some good fellowship in the cereal aisle. No, that's McDonald's, that's food line. Okay, never mind. Anyway, we shared some good fellowship at McDonald's this morning over coffee, right? Okay, yeah, well, we happened to run into each other. It was okay, that was fine. Yeah, we talked about Jesus and we prayed together. Yay. What is the fellowship? Well, they continued steadfastly. They devoted themselves to the fellowship. So there was something that was going on. There was something regular that was happening. Can I just tell you, the world wants to break that up. (laughs) Tried really hard over the last few months to break up the fellowship. Okay? I say the world, and, and, and in a minute I say the world, people start thinking politicians and stuff. Can I tell y'all something? And I shared this a little bit last week. There's enough in the world to get me down. There really is. But that's not who I am. That's not who you are. The the promise and the hope that we have in Jesus is not about what's going on out there in the world. Nothing that happened this week is going to change who I am today. I'm going to continue to live out God's promises in my life. I'm going to continue to live out the love that God has shown me that he has called me to show others. I'm going to continue to be that person. I don't care what's going on in the news or anywhere else for that matter. See? And that, 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 they, they continued steadfastly in the fellowship, the body of Christ coming together, having, first of all, fellowship with God and fellowship with each other through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That is the birth of what we call today the church. And yes, I use the word. There you go for those of you that are uncomfortable with it. This is the birth of God's people being God's people around the apostles' teaching and for the purpose of the kingdom of God. I had a four-hour meeting Wednesday. If y'all know my personality, a four-hour meeting is not me. I sat down across a conference table from Roy Smith. He's the associational mission strategist. That's his title now. And anyway, I uh, I sat across from him, network mission strategist, I don't know, anyway. We sat there and talked for four hours, just hanging out, you know, eating eating some kind of Greek sandwich or something. I don't even know what it was, but it was good. And then I had to go run afterwards, but anyway, no. But you see, the thing was, is that we were doing something as brothers in Christ to accomplish kingdom purpose. You see, we talked about Greenfield Lake. We talked about ministry to people that that need ministry. Serving and loving the people around us. Guess what? I can't do it. Neither can you. But when the fellowship continues steadfastly in what God has called us to, things happen. I run so that things will happen. The things that I want to happen when I run is that calories don't build up in my body, right? I run them off, burn them up, right? So if we do what God called us to do, if we be who God called us to be, then things happen, all right? So here are the four things there on the screen. They were devoted to, they, all right, so remember, I'm I'm connecting these things for a week, for a reason. 
Jesus said, if you continue in my word, if you continue in me, you really are my disciples. So what is it? If, all right, so they continued, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which was teaching of Jesus, Jesus' words, Jesus' ministry, Jesus' presence. They, they continued steadfastly, devoted themselves to the fellowship. There was a bond among the body of Christ. Okay? Now, how do you build a bond? And what is it that, that, that builds that relationship between people? Right? We'll call it, let's say, something like, you know, common values. A common goal. A purpose. A reason to be bonded together, right? A reason to come together to accomplish, let's go ahead and say it, what God set out for us to accomplish. The truth is we've let other things divide us to the point that we aren't accomplishing what God set out for us to accomplish, right? Matter of fact, we've been distracted by worldly principles to try to accomplish things that the world has set out that don't have anything to do with God's purposes, okay? So, so, so they devoted themselves to the fellowship. Go ahead, call it church because it's not a building, and it's not a, a, an 810 meeting. It's a people group, the body of Christ coming together. They devoted themselves to the body. They devoted themselves to each other. They devoted themselves to the, to the, to the growth spiritually. Um, you know, in, in every way, they devoted themselves to that fellowship. How devoted are you to the fellowship? Let's all take, give ourselves a test, all right? Whatever concept you have of the fellowship, all right? How devoted are you? See, a lot of folks go to church just to kind of either because mama made them or told them to, maybe. Any of y'all like that? Some people go to church because they get that sort of that, that, that reminder that, okay, yeah, there is a God. There is some reason to be here. There's a reason to gather and worship and praise. Some people go because it just gives them a, a good feeling inside. I had, had a couple down in Georgia one time says, you know, uh, we go to church to... To, to make us feel better. And I was like, what if he's preaching on sin? You don't walk out feeling better from that one, do you? Right, you know? So, so, so what is the purpose of this fellowship? It is so that we move in God's direction. It's so that we draw closer to the provision, the promises, the presence of God. Jesus said, and I shared this last week, this is eternal life, that they know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. The idea is that we got to know him better, and that is the purpose of the fellowship, is to know God. And the more we know God, the more impact it has in our lives, on our lives, and on the world around us. The fellowship came together, and can I just go ahead and tell you, here's the direction we're moving in. Something happened when they were devoted to the teaching to the fellowship. Something happened. You see? Now here's the one. This is the fried chicken part. The breaking of bread. Right? <laughs> Alright, so this is interpreted two ways. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. And there's no definitive answer to this question. But a lot of people say, well, this is the Lord's Supper. 
This, this is a specific reference to, to celebrating the Lord's Supper every time they got together. All right, so does that mean we got to do Lord's Supper, communion, Eucharist, whatever your tradition is? I'm not saying one way or the other, but you come together and you take the body and the blood, and, and that's what this reference is. They continued together in breaking of bread. Well, wait till we get a few verses down from this. You're going to find out that's not what that is. They came together in the fellowship for fellowship, and they ate together. You see, they came together and ate together. Did, did, uh, I don't want to be condescending in any way, but, but we have relegated the Lord's Supper communion to this sort of part of a worship gathering with a little piece of wafer, you know, or a flat round wafer or something. And a little bit of juice in our tradition. You might use wine where you are. Whatever. I have to tell you a story about that. Okay. It came to mind, so I have to tell you. In 1985, I went to Poland on a mission trip. I was there for the whole summer. I was a, an assistant leader with 32 teenagers building a church, converting a restaurant into a church, construction missions, right? We were building. Now, we really weren't doing the building part because we were doing the destruction part. We were tearing down bricks, and, 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 and they didn't have bricks that you could buy over there. It didn't have, like, you know, a rich text brickyard or anything. Uh, so, so we had to clean the, the, the mortar mix off the old bricks so they could be reused, right? And, and then we rebuilt wall. They rebuilt walls. They didn't let us do any of that stuff. They just let us do the hard stuff. Anyway, so anyway, we're building these things and, and all that sort of thing, right? And, and, and the Sunday, the first Sunday we were there, we got there and, and, and the men were on one side of the room and the ladies were on the other side and they were speaking Polish and we didn't understand any of it. Right. And so they get to communion time, Lord's supper time. And, and, and they would get at the end, there was two on this side and there's two on this side and, and, and they, they passed the wafers around and then they had one cup, one cup. I'm Baptist. We don't. We got lots of little cups, and they pass that cup around. Now here you go. This is what was absurd to me. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. There's six or eight on a row, and they'd pass that cup, and everybody'd take a sip, pass it to the next person, take a sip. There was no coronavirus back then, and so they sip and pass, sip and pass. It get to the end of the row, and the elder would take the cup and he'd wipe it off. And I was like, what about all the people in between? I remember thinking that as a young man. I was thinking, you didn't accomplish anything, right? Anyway, but here was the funny thing was I was standing over here with the men watching some of the kids on the other side, and as the cup went down, one of the kids took a sip and went, because <laughs> the Welches had fermented. <laughs> they were serving real wine, you know, and it was like, that's a real experience that we'll hear about later, you know. Anyway, the breaking of bread together. The people of God, the body of Christ, came together in fellowship. Okay? They came together, here's the word, in relationship. They came together to love each other, to love on each other. John repeats a quote that I've heard before because he's the connect pastor and community pastor. He says, community happens in circles, not rows. Is this real community? It's in essence, it can be community. You know how I know that? Because like you folks always sit in the same place every week. 
right? Y'all know each other. Y'all know who to expect to show up. Y'all turn around, greet each other, hug each other. Y'all just hang. Same thing for you guys. Y'all, you know, we're, we're creatures of habit. We kind of sit where we sit. We kind of speak to the same people we speak to, right? There is an essence of community. But if I were to ask you some tough questions about the person sitting closest to you, could you answer them? See, see, see we're not connected the way they were in Acts chapter 2. I mean, there's some connection. There is some community. But we're not connected the way they were in Acts chapter 2. You see? I think God, if we're to enjoy the strength and the power of God's promises, we've got to follow God's principles and instruction for what he's given us to see God move and work the way God moves and works. You want to see the benefits of running? Guess what? You've got to run. You want to see the benefits of community and fellowship and connecting? Then you've got to connect. You've got the community together. Okay? That's why today is today. This is Connect Sunday. You have the opportunity. You know what? Tonight, there's going to be a concert. We're going to get together, and we're just going to worship God. It's 6.30 tonight. There are going to be some folks over there in the fellowship hall with little tables and some information. And, and not really. They might not even have. Here you go. This is the information about my Connect group, and you can come and sign up and join if you want to. That's not what's going to happen. Or at least I hope that's not what's going to happen. Here's what I hope is going to happen, and, and, and I hope somebody comes up and, and, and they walk up and say, oh, you, you're leading a connector. Yeah, my name's Bobby. What's yours? Now, maybe fist bump, maybe elbow bump, maybe just air five. I don't know. But the thing is, is that God called us to be connected in community, to continue steadfastly in the fellowship. This is your opportunity tonight. Here you go. You want to see the benefit of the body of Christ, then you got to do it. You want to see the benefits of running? Then you got to do it. Now, guess what I know? I know not everybody's going to do it. That's all right. It's okay. We're not going to come hunt you down. You know, we're, we're not going to try to guilt you into it. But if you want to see the benefits of the body of Christ, then you've got to be in community with the body of Christ. You've got to. And finally, prayer, like, okay, we're going to tag this one on at the end. No. When the body of Christ comes together, they eat. You can look at that physically. You can look at that spiritually. We're going to feed, right? We're going to feed. And, and, and I promise you, if you serve fried chicken, some preacher will show up, right? It just happens that way. Or we're going to feed on the apostles' teaching. We're going to feed on the principles of God's promises, His presence, the praise, the prophecy of God's fulfillment. Because God has already said that He is at work in our midst. And we're going to pray. Because it's in prayer that we can come together and agree with the Spirit of God. That we can agree with the Holy Spirit about what God wants for you, for me, for the fellowship. Okay? we got to connect. And these four things, the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer, they are interconnected. They work together. They support each other. Finally, what happened? What happened when the body of Christ continued steadfastly, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, 
right? To the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Here you go, verse 43. Everyone, not the leadership, not some, not a percentage, everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. There was a wonder at the work of God. Because God accomplished incredible things through the body of Christ. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. What that just simply means is, is they made sure they didn't, that each other didn't go without. They didn't become communists, I promise you that. Okay? But they did make sure that, that, that each other was taken care of. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Right? I mean, you, you know, sell a car, give the money away. No, wait a minute. In our culture, we sell a car so we can buy a better car. Right? All right. Verse 46. Every day. Here you go. They devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple. I've heard people say that, you know, they, they didn't have big churches back then. You know, you know what the temple courtyard was? <laughs> big church setting. That's where they got together in a big crowd and worshipped. Okay? And they broke bread from house to house. They got together and ate together. They did life together. They communityed. See, that's not a word, but I just made it up. We can use it. They communityed together. You want to see community? You want to see wonder? You want to be awed? You want to see God work? Then do what God said. Be obedient to what God's laid out before us. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts. See, right there, that tells you that the breaking of bread is not simply about remembering and recognizing the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, the communion, or whatever. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Those who were being saved. You want to see God work? You've got to be obedient to what God set before you. You want to see the benefit of running, you've got to run. You want to see the benefit of the body of Christ, the power, the, the strength of God within the body of Christ, then we've got to be the body of Christ. You see? These are the things they were devoted to. There's a song that, that was ringing in my head all morning. Uh, it's a song by Vertical Worship. And it starts out with a sentence. He's not even singing this first line, but it says, No, you're not done yet. God of the promise, God of the future, you see beginning and end. God of the rescue, God of the breakthrough, how great is your faithfulness. You're not done yet. No eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, no one could ever comprehend. Your word will be enough. Your promises we will trust. Greater things are still ahead. Because you're not done yet. See, 
I, I, I don't care what the adversary throws at God. God is victorious in all things. And we get to be a part of the fellowship with God. Okay? I want you to know that strength. I want you to know that joy. I want you to know what it means to be connected and communityed with the body of Christ. Okay? All we can do is create the opportunity. It's funny. I, I mean, I enjoy it. it, it <laughs> Uh, I really do have a lot of fun. Not just this 30 minutes that I get to stand up here and scream at you. I have fun. I, I have a lot of fun with things. Now, there's some times that are not as fun as others, but I have a lot of fun with things. I love it when people present me with issues and say, well, Pastor Bobby, what, what do you think about this? Or what are you going to do about that? Or what, blah, 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 blah. And I go, I'm still going to be who God called me to be. Nothing that happened in the world over the last six months, seven months, eight months, two weeks, or since Wednesday, is going to change who I am. I am still who God called me to be. I am still going to behave the way God's called me to behave. I'm still going to love. I'm still going to live Jesus in my life. And all that other stuff doesn't have an impact on that. I'm still going to grin at you. You're not going to know it because I'm going to have some. Y'all, my, my perfect mask is a smiley face, isn't it? I keep it in the truck. It's just got a smiley face on it. There's some people that refuse to wear a mask. I just, you know, sometimes I don't have it with me. Sometimes I do. I, I'm not going to get bound up by that either. I'm not going to live in that kind of bondage. But my perfect mask has got a smiley face on it because behind the smiley face is a smile. Okay. Because I want to bring joy because God's brought joy into me and into my life. I want to bring joy into other people's lives. Okay? In this little booklet is the introduction of a lot of stuff. John, I knew John was working on this. I was expecting like six pages. He handed me a 150 book that's going to take me three weeks to read. No, I'm just kidding. This just introduces you to opportunity. If you want a better introduction to opportunity, come tonight. Show up tonight. All right? Just be here. Just meet somebody. Say hi to somebody. Exercise your comfort level. Wear a mask. Keep your distance. Wave at people across the room. We don't care. But this is an opportunity. Tonight is another opportunity. This whole year is the opportunity for us to be the fellowship. Okay, it starts with Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, then you're not a part of the fellowship anyway. You don't know what it means. If you need Jesus, we want to introduce you to Jesus. Okay, if you don't know Jesus, let us introduce you. If you know Jesus and you know you've accepted Christ, you've taken that step of faith, but you're not living it, well, that's what gets in the way of your enjoying the awe and wonder of God is that there's sin that corrupts your fellowship with God. Okay? God calls us to confess and repent. Turn from it. That's a conversation you have with him. You don't have that conversation with me. I mean, I will as a pastor talk to you about it, but you don't confess it to me. Guess what? I can't forgive your sin. Did y'all know that? Some, you know, there are different traditions that believe that somehow I've been, no, I'm, I, I can't forgive your sin. 
Okay? Only God forgives sin. All right? And he does that by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Third thing, you can be a part of this gathering, that membership thing that a lot of people ask about. You can come down and say, I want to join the gathering. We'll tell you how to be a part of what God's doing here. Because God's going to... 2021, I've been here since 2009. 2021 is going to be better than all those years. I'm just convinced of it. 2021 is going to be better within the fellowship than any year prior to this. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. I'm going to stand up here and dance every Sunday. (laughs) Some people don't like to see me dance. Some people laugh at me dancing. But you know what? It's just, I just enjoy worship and praise and fellowship and communion and community and connecting. That's who we are in Christ. And if you're not in Christ, we want you to be in Christ. Pray with me. God, thank you for today. Thank you, God, that that your word is true and that you are faithful and that we can count on it and we, we will continue in Jesus. We will know the truth and the truth will indeed set us free and we will be devoted to your word, your teaching. We will be devoted to Jesus. We will continue in the fellowship. We will continue breaking bread together, not just meals, but also celebrating the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And we will pray. We will get on our knees. We will fall on our faces. We will bow before the throne of God and pray to see the wonders of what you're going to do in our midst. Thank you, God, for today. Thank you, God, for the promise that lies ahead. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.